life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. And good evening. You're listening to the Transforming Truth radio broadcast with your host tonight, Reverend Chris Palmer. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you. I welcome you to the show to be a part of this hour that we're live tonight where you can hear God's Word preached to you and it'll transform your life. God's Word says about itself that it's quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrows. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Listen, you might think tonight that there's nobody out there that can figure you out. You might even think that you don't even have yourself figured out. But I'll tell you, God's Word can figure you out, and it can diagnose you tonight, wherever you're at. You might say, why do I feel like I'm going out of my mind? Why do I feel discouraged and upset and frustrated, and I don't have any joy or peace in my life, and why am I the way I am? Maybe you just got in an argument, and you're like, why do I always fight with people and get mad and upset? Well, the Word of God has a reason, and it will diagnose you tonight, but it doesn't just leave you with a diagnosis it has the power to change you and transform you and make you free. It's a fact of matter that when you read the Word of God and get it into your life, you always feel cleansed, you always feel purified. And when you allow the Word of God to run through you, it's like a river that allows, that keeps flowing. People that are not reading the Word of God, they don't get into the Word and listen to what God's thoughts are saying to them, are people that are stagnant. And they become stale and they become the same and they don't change and transform to greater dimensions that God has for them. So we bring to you the Word of God one hour every Saturday night, 12.15. And you got time to stay up and listen tonight. You get an hour of sleep, an extra hour of sleep. You turn your clocks back, so spend that time tonight listening to our broadcast. Don't touch that dial. We're live tonight, 313-838-1035. If you need someone to pray with you, you have a question, a concern, call in tonight. Jesus says if two of you will agree on earth, as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done of my Father which is in heaven. James 1 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him call for the elders of the church. 313-838-1035. It also says in James chapter 5 that the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. That's James 5. So call tonight and we will be with you on the air for the next hour. 313-838-1035. Had a great time last night at our service. The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation. Uh, we're talking the last couple weeks at our service about the mind and the will of God. We had a powerful time in the presence of God last night. If you missed it, it's okay. We have service next Friday night, or this Friday night, coming up. November 8th at the Hilton Garden in Novi, Michigan. I want to invite you out. I want you to come, bring somebody. If you need someone that needs a touch from the Lord, yesterday a man walked in with a cane and walked out without it. So... God is healing people, and I want you to come, and I want you to bring somebody, and I want you to be a part of the move of God, in the Spirit of God, how He's moving in the city of Detroit, changing people's lives and transforming them for the power and the will of God. And also, Amazon.com, The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation, that book is available today. Get it in your hands and let it be a blessing to you. Let it lead and guide you and direct you and take you deeper into the Word of God. Father, I pray for my audience tonight. I pray you touch them. Give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. May the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. May they know the hope of their calling and the riches of the glory of the inheritance that you have for them as children of God. I pray the love of God that was given to each person would be shed abroad in their heart, that shed in their heart by the Spirit of God. I pray you'd manifest that love to them tonight. 
And Father, I pray for every person listening that's in hope or despair, someone that needs a touch from heaven tonight. Pray that you would meet them exactly where they are. Meet them where they're at right now, Father. And I just sense by the Spirit, to somebody, you're a girl, you're listening, you're young, you're in your 20s, and you're very, in, you're just, you're despaired. You wonder if God loves you. You just lost the love in your life. And God wants you to know that He has greater plans for you. You're heartbroken. And God loves you. And He wants to meet you tonight. And He wants to make Himself real to you. But I want you to know you need to open up your heart to God. And you need to tell the Lord that you need Him in your life. And ask the Lord to come where you're at right now. And to make Himself known to you. And I promise you, you'll sense and feel the love of God in your life. As He cleanses you and changes you, you're dealing with guilt. And you're dealing with all sorts of insecurities that God wants to deliver you from and He wants to free you from. So tonight, in the name of Jesus, I command you to be free and I command you to be whole and to put on the mind of Christ. And listen to the broadcast as we teach the Word of God. I want to finish talking to you tonight about the cross, about having a living revelation of the cross. I talked about this. I didn't talk about it last week. We talked about depression in the mind, how to overcome depression. Last night I shared real quick at our uh, service about how the Lord spoke to me and told me that the spirit of suicide, which it is a spirit, it's really the spirit of death, um, that is convincing people to take their lives today. I think we all can agree that's happening, but I believe it's a spirit. According to Ephesians chapter 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Many of the thoughts, person, if you're listening tonight, that you're dealing with, thoughts of suicide, thoughts of death, those are not your thoughts. Those are thoughts coming from the enemy. The devil is putting these thoughts into your mind trying to get you to destroy yourself because it says in John 10 verse 10 that the thief comes not but for to kill and to steal and to destroy. He hates you. He wants to take you out. He doesn't want to see the blueprint and the framework of God to come to pass in your life. And so uh, this suicidal spirit is being propagated all through social media today. I don't know what it is about social media, and I don't know how it's transferred, but social media has a way of making people feel, to feel despondent, to make people feel uh, depressed, to make people feel guilty, to make people feel upset. Be careful about what you do on social media, and, and, and be careful because it's just, statistically it does that to people. But you need life in your life. So uh, we have a way of obsessing over technology. But I'll say this to you tonight. That you as a person need to spend that time in the Word of God to renew your mind. And overcome those thoughts of death that come from comparing yourself to others and that's just how the enemy works. Okay, let's get into the Word tonight. Ephesians, uh, no not Ephesians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Talking today about having a living revelation of the cross and the, the one thing to understand is Paul told the church at Corinth... That when he came unto them, he did not determine to know anything among them. First uh, Corinthians 2 verse 1, 2 verse 2, excuse me, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. As I shared a couple weeks ago, the Corinthian church was at a crossroad because they didn't want to continue to preach the cross of Jesus. They wanted to have the ecstasy of the Spirit. They wanted to have the power of spiritual gifts. And they wanted to have the communion of the saints, but what they didn't want to do is talk about the cross. And this is not easy to understand until you take into consideration the Greco-Roman culture at that time, which was a culture that propagated crucifixion. 
It was abundant. It was the slave's death. That's how slaves were killed. But it was also taboo. And I shared different historical proofs that I was able to dig up. And that is, number one, that uh, there's never every, any evidence in Roman uh, culture at all that this was a positive, heroic interpretation of death. That no hero ever died on a cross. Uh, the slave was the death of the lower class, and Cicero himself said that it was he, he tried to get before the Roman Senate and have them abolish crucifixion because it was so um, inhumane. Caesar, Pliny the Younger, Virgil, and many other writers referenced crucifix never referenced crucifixion because they didn't want to write about such a shameful thing. And from the third century B.C. onward, when Latin. Uh, became the lingua franca of the day. The word crux became a taunt and was only found in the lips of prostitutes and lower class slaves. And there was a, uh, it was never, the word crucifixion was never used as a metaphor because it was very offensive and it was very barbaric. So it was something you don't talk about. I don't know if you've ever been out to dinner with someone and they start bringing up something that all the other people around the table, they don't want to talk about at that time. Maybe it's something embarrassing. Maybe it's something that is taboo. And this person starts talking about it, and everybody starts getting uncomfortable because it's not something you talk about at the dinner table. Well, that's kind of how crucifixion was in the days of Rome. Nobody really talked about it. It was just, okay, we accept that it happens, but we don't want to know anything about it. People didn't want to be associated with that matter, especially influential people. And here comes this gentleman by the name of Apostle Paul. And he comes along preaching, saying and suggesting that Jesus Christ was crucified on a cross. And he was saying that in that, he was saying, the, 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 the Greeks were laughing because they're thinking, to, they're saying to themselves, here is your Jesus. He's God manifested in the flesh according to you. And you're saying that he died on a cross. And this is preposterous. How could you suggest that a powerful entity you consider to be God took up a slave's death and willfully did it at that? And then the Jews, they said, well, how could you say just that the Messiah, the one whom the prophets foresaw to come, how could you suggest in the, that he would be cursed? Because the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 21 that he that dieth on a cross is accursed. So you had Paul offending both parties with the message of the cross, telling about the death of Jesus. And because of this, the church at Corinth said, we're not preaching the cross no more. We don't want to preach it. Well, Paul mentions um, in 1 Corinthians, or is it 2 Corinthians, that he had meant, he'd wrote a letter, I believe it was 1 Corinthians, to the church at Corinth, and he wrote this letter in tears. I believe. We don't have this letter. We don't, we don't know what he was writing. But I believe it had something to do with maintaining the preaching of the cross. And as a church of Jesus Christ, we can't get away from preaching the cross. Because the cross is where our redemption lies. The cross is the price that was needed for you to go free. And if you're listening tonight in your car, that's right. You could have made the worst mistake of your life. But there was a man named Jesus who was God and he was man. And he came and he died on that cross so that you could be delivered from the power that you're feeling right now that has gripped your life. So you could be delivered completely from Satan... You could be delivered from the power of darkness, and you could be delivered totally from every suicidal thought you have in your mind, every sin and addiction that you're now bound to. Whatever keeps you from being free, Jesus went to the cross so that you can be delivered from that. And so because of the cross, because this is the place of the devil's demise, the devil likes to fight the revelation of the cross in the life of the everyday believer. He mocked it. 
He ridiculed it. People tried to make light of it. He used Greeks to make fun of it. He used Jews uh, in the Jewish religion to come along and try and do away with it. But Paul stood up and said, The preaching of the cross is the power of God unto them that believe. He said, To them that are lost, it's foolishness. But to us that are being saved, it's the power of God. And so, what's interesting is that when Paul talks about the weak things of the world, what he's talking about, he's not talking about people. People say, well, you know, brother, I just am, uh, you know, I don't have a high, I just don't have an education, and I was in jail, and God, and now I'm preaching. God took the weak things of the world to shame those things that are mighty. Well, what he's really talking about, and that's true, but what he's really talking about is he's talking about the cross. He picked the most weak, most insolent, most powerless thing, and he used it to save mankind. And this is uh, the power that's in the cross. And it's because of this that you have your deliverance and the ransom was paid for the whole world. But what was happening at the church at Corinth was if you go through, you start to see that there was in the church divisions going on. That's 1 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 talks about a fornicator who was sleeping, a man that was sleeping with his father's wife. That was his, like, technically, I suppose it was his mother-in-law. Uh, not, uh, stepmother, excuse me. Uh, and then you'll see in 1 Corinthians 6 that the Corinthian church was taking each other to court. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, there was problems that were going on, husbands and wives. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, there was, uh, verse number 11, there was an issue going on with the distribution of communion. And the Eucharist, there's just issues they had. And many of these issues that the church was facing, these were strong enough to cause the church to fall apart. And I believe that where it began was the revelation of the cross in which Paul founded that church was becoming dim in their lives. This revelation of the cross of Jesus is not a revelation that you want to become dim. That revelation needs to stay hot, needs to stay bright, it needs to stay burning. And oftentimes the Holy Spirit, when He begins to shed illumination in your heart from the Word of God, will always take you back to that place. And give you understanding of what happened to you when Jesus Christ went to that cross and died for you. Because that's the beginning of the Christian faith. And that's where the beginning of your life of power begins. We're live tonight, 313-838-1035. We're live tonight, 313-838-1035. Call in tonight. God bless you. And we'll pray with you. And we'll talk about the cross. Let me say this tonight. When your revelation of the cross is dim... You will stay bound. When you're, you see somebody who's bound with addiction, somebody enslaved, they say, I'm a believer, I'm born again, but yet they're bound. They have no illumination alive in their life concerning the place of deliverance, and that's the cross. Let me see you. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, In whom we have redemption... Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. When you see the word redemption, redemption is not just talking about um, buying back. It doesn't refer necessarily to the actual buying back as it does to the price that was paid to buy back. It's not the action necessarily of buying back. It's the price that was paid to buy back. And so when Jesus went to the cross, 
This was he he was the price. His blood was the price. His death was the price so that you could go free. So when your revelation of the cross is dim, people stay bound in their life. And you say, well, how does the revelation of the cross become dim? They get their eyes focused on other things. They get their eyes off of Jesus. Now, there's a lot of things in Scripture. There's a lot of things that we could talk about. But there is always supposed to be in the center of all revelation that you have, Jesus. And no matter what the Holy Spirit gives to you, it should always go back to that one thing, Jesus Christ. What aspect of Jesus? His whole work. Not just the cross. Not just the resurrection. Not just the ascension. Not just his high priestly role and his intercessor. Not just soon coming king, but all roles of this. And what's interesting is when the Holy Spirit begins to cooperate in your life, he begins to, he will give to you a constant ongoing revelation of all these things. And make them known to you. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 7. Uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 14 says here, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So you can't get away from the idea that redemption came through the blood of Jesus. Redemption doesn't come through good works. Many people out there tonight, you say, well, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. I'm going to heaven because I'm not a bad person. I'm going to heaven because I grew up in church. You're going to heaven. That's not why you're going to heaven. If you're going to heaven, it's because you've received Jesus and the blood of Christ. And it's not even necessarily about going to heaven. It's about the question is, are you part of the family of God? Are you in the family of God? Well, brother, when we're all born, we're all children of God. That's not true. Now, I've gone over this in my broadcast before, and I've showed it to you. That when you ask Jesus into your heart, and you make him the Lord of your life, he saves you from that old man. And you, what's created inside of you is a new man. And that constitutes whether or not you're part of the family of God. And that is what determines where you spend your eternity. With God, ruling and reigning with Christ, or in hell. You say, you're one of those preachers that believe in hell. I believe in hell. And I believe that people go there every day. And I believe if you don't know Jesus Christ, that's where your destiny is. And you want to give your heart to Him. Receive Him. Well, how could you believe something so narrow-minded? I believe what the Bible tells me. So if someone brought you on television and said, do you believe in hell? I said, yes, I believe in hell. And I believe unless you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is where your eternity is at. But you don't have to go there. You can be redeemed tonight through the power and the resurrection of the cross. That's the love of God. That's the mercy of God. So for many people, the cross is a historical event. That's undeniable. The universities will tell you that about the cross actually happened. We have enough historical evidence to prove that it happened. But for others, they go a step further, and the cross is a religious occurrence. And for others, it's a part of culture. And even today, a lot of people see it as a trend. It's cool to talk about Jesus. There was a time, maybe about 10 years ago, where Jesus became a trend in pop culture. It was cool to wear clothes with Jesus on it. It was cool to talk about Jesus. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're living your life and serving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So, when you have a dim revelation of the cross, what happens to a person that has a, when I mean a dim revelation, you don't understand what the cross really is. If you just see it as a historical event, you don't have spiritual insight to what happened. If you see it as a religious occurrence, it's just, you're operating from no revelation of the cross. And when that's dim, people, even if they call themselves Christians, live in a spiritual, fleshly cycle. One day they're spiritual, the next day they're fleshly. 
One day they talk about, I'm going to church, I'm going on missions trips, I'm going to be with the youth group, and the next day they post themselves at a club somewhere, drinking and getting drunk. So when there is not a powerful revelation of the cross in your life, you will live back and forth between an understanding of the flesh and an understanding of the spirit because both of them are dim. One is not strong above the other, and you still don't know what the cross has accomplished in your life. You don't know who died at the cross. When you have a revelation of the cross, you know that something happened at that cross and somebody died at the foot of the cross. You say, what do you mean by that, Brother Palmer? Didn't Jesus just die at the cross? He did die at the cross, but... The Bible says in Romans chapter two, Roman, excuse me, Galatians chapter two, verse twenty, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live; yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Paul identified with Christ's crucifixion. Romans six, chapter uh, Romans chapter six, and verses number four. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into his death. So you mean that the old man died? Yes, it happened at the cross. So when your revelation of the cross is dim. You don't know what happened to you when Jesus died at the cross. So you go back and forth. Uh, it's like this. In your life, even though you live in a fleshly body, that's not redeemed. You're still yet awaiting the resurrection of, Je the, the, the resurrection of your body. Jesus was risen from the dead. That we might, he's the first fruits of them that believe. And there's a promise in Scripture, 1 Corinthians 15 particularly, that tells us that, our bodies are soon to be resurrected after they're sown in death. Well, you want to not identify with this flesh because your flesh still has death working in it, but your spirit has life working in it. So, you want to live spirit conscious. You want to live by the spirit. You want to walk in the spirit. You want to walk in your reborn spirit being led by the Holy Ghost. But... Have you ever been in your car before? And this usually happens on weaker signal radios, particularly the high AM radio stations. Maybe you're listening to one that's real high up there with a, slow, with a frequency that's not very great. And you get into a place where two signals uh, get into the same channel. So you have it dialed in the one and two signals start coming in. And this is because both signals are weak and they're wrestling to be a part of the same channel. So when your revelation or your frequency, we'll liken it to that of Jesus, is not strong, what begins to happen is the flesh and the spirit start vying for your attention. And one day you hear the spirit, one day you hear the flesh, one day you hear the spirit, one day you hear the flesh, and they're vying for the same thing. It shouldn't be like this. You should always be geared to the channel of the spirit. You should always be blocking out what the flesh has to say, blocking out what your carnal desires have to say that are contrary to the word of God, blocking out the thoughts of the devil. Blocking out the thoughts of the enemy. How do you do this? You get into the Word of God and allow the Spirit of God to illuminate you the power that's in the cross of Jesus. You say, well, brother, I'm a Christian. I've gone to church. I took Holy Communion. I gave my life to Jesus. Then why are you still struggling with the same sins that you did before that? Why You say, well, I was water baptized. I, was, I, I go to church, but I still struggle. Why? Because you don't understand the power that's in the cross. The power that's in the cross was enough to destroy it and to do away with that. And God wants to birth that understanding in your heart tonight. I want to say this tonight when it comes to understanding the cross. Is that the cross 
if your revelation of it is dim, and you have a dim understanding of this, you will allow demonic things to enter into your life. It says in Ephesians 4.27, Now they give place to the devil. The devil, he has deception at his disposal. The devil, but his power and authority have been stripped by Jesus. But he can deceive. Not really a form of power if you're resistant to it. It's one you could resist. And so he comes to deceive. He comes to lie. He comes to destroy. And even though you're a believer, you're still subject to allowing him to come into your life and destroy something that he has no access or right to destroy unless you give it to him or you open up the door for the devil to come in. So many believers today are unhappy. So many believers are sad and they're anguished because they don't even understand this, but they're opening up doors to the devil and they don't realize it. There's a mindset today that I can just do whatever I want because of grace and God will forgive me. And that is God will forgive if you're really repentant. I won't get into that. Maybe I'll preach that another time about how your premeditated repentance, the, the repentance that you have, that, that you premeditate in your mind before you go commit the sin, usually lacks the faith that you need to pull you out of the sin. Because it's premeditated, it's not sincere. You're not really sorry. Um, but I won't get into that tonight. I want to remind you we're live. 313-838-1035 if you need prayer tonight. 313-838-1035. This is a live broadcast. Tune in and call in tonight if you need prayer. We're here to agree with you. But... What happened at the cross, the Lord showed me this one time. And when he was showing me the power that's at the cross, the enemy, when he crucified Jesus, they took him and they put him up on the cross. But after the cross, they didn't go past that. Because the enemy can't go past what dies at the cross. After you die at the cross, you're taken into an area where the enemy cannot touch you. The enemy cannot harm you and harass you after that. Once Jesus went to the cross, it was all over for the enemy. His plan to destroy Jesus had come to an end. And he was in the Father's hands. And I'll say this, that until you come to the cross... You're in the enemy's hands. Just like when Jesus was taken captive at the garden, whose hands was he in? He was in the Romans' hands. He was in the high priest's hands. He was in the hands of the scribes and the Pharisees and Pontius Pilate. But the moment Jesus went to the cross, the moment that he died on the cross, he was no longer in their hands. That's because what dies at the cross is no longer in the hands of the devil. And I'll say this, if there's still a temptation in your life, if there's still something in your life that's hindering and harassing you, that's because you have yet to die to it. Yes, brother, I have a you have to die to those things. Bring those things to the cross and die to them in the name of Jesus. So the enemy wants there to be in your life a dim revelation of the cross. Because if there's a dim revelation of the cross, then he can continue to harass you and torment you and harm you. No demon has access past the cross. Demons put Jesus on the cross, but they didn't go past him on the cross. And once you visit the cross, you leave every devil behind in your life. And that's why the enemy wants to dissemble the cross in your life.
We'll get back to this, but before we do so, we have Teresa from Auburn Hills. God bless you, Teresa. How are you tonight? You're on the broadcast. I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for calling tonight. Um, well, I used to be down with addiction for many, many years of my life, and Jesus has set me free from that. Um, I honor him. I praise him each and every day. But it still seems like... Like I, I like I'm I'm still truly struggling with the flesh that is that's in me. I understand. Um and you wanna overcome, correct? Yeah. I mean Okay. Can I ask you a few questions, Teresa? Sure. Uh do you belong to a local church? Yes. Okay, so you're consistently going on a regular basis? Oh yeah. Okay, good. Uh do you have a do you have a um this is just a few basic questions. Do you have a consistent time of prayer in your life? Uh, a time every day you set aside, just get in the spirit and hook up with God? Yeah. Okay, and you spend time reading the Word on a regular basis? Uh, well, I don't want to say on a regular basis. Um, I used to do my devotions every day, and I ended up giving my devotional to someone else mm-hmm. um, as a gift. And I just need to get myself another one because that sure. makes me dive in a little more. I was in Bible study fellowship, mm-hmm. which I love very much. Well, I, and my work schedule is not allowing that either. Mm-hmm. I'll give you. I'll tell you something that will help you in your life um, that I've seen through experience, and that is understanding what is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and I'm the the thing about the baptism of the Holy Ghost is is you know, people have ideas about what this really means. But I remember, and I can tell you in the lives of many people that I've ministered to, they're born again, they love Jesus, but they don't. They sense that there's a need for power in their life. There was one particular instance of a person I'm thinking of who uh, had given their heart to the Lord, but they were saying certain things like you're saying, that there are certain addictions that they couldn't kick in their life, and the world still at some point looked appealing to them. But they loved Jesus. They'd go to church. They'd worship God. They loved Him, but they, it was tough for them to serve Him. And then they asked to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They received the power of the Holy Ghost in their life. They received the evidence of tongues in their life. And they told me, and this has happened many times, but this is a person that is uh, I just spoke to recently. They said that they can't do the same things. They don't have the desires and that they used to have. That they want now. They're not only do they not want to be in. Uh, involved in what they used to be involved in, but they said, I want to share my faith with people. All I think about are souls at night. I just want to pray for people. I want to, how can I serve God? How can I know more? I want to go to Bible school. I want to do this, this, and that. And that came when they got baptized in the Spirit. And so I always tell people it's important that you give your life totally to the Holy Spirit after you're born again. Does that make sense to you, Teresa? It does, but I guess I don't understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit too much. Okay. Um, I went to a Bible school for a year, actually stayed right there at the uh, mm-hmm. at the at the place and um, you know, learned very much, very, very much about Jesus and the, and the Bible and and 
there was a little bit of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I didn't understand it. I, and you know what? I can tell you that, you know, because of the sake of time, before we, I can't teach it tonight all over the phone to you about it, I can tell you that, not as an advertisement, but it is in my book. I wrote extensively about it in my book, and it will help you. But it, uh, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you'll see it in all throughout the book of Acts. When people got saved, they got baptized in the Spirit. Paul continually told believers, be filled with the Spirit. Uh, Ephesians 5, 18 and 19 says, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Constantly the present, active form of just be filled. Be constantly filled with the Spirit. Because when you're full of the Spirit, you don't want to sin. There's no desire in you to sin. And see, the big thing that you're dealing with is desire. Because, uh, you know, you can't, it's undeniable that you have a desire still to do things that you don't want to do. I mean, otherwise there wouldn't be a battle. There wouldn't be a struggle. But the struggle is with your desire. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and what that is, it simply means that you are submerged in His Spirit. You have, you have just like you yielded yourself as to be to Jesus so that he would be the Lord of your life. You tell the Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you, Holy Spirit, that you be my teacher, that you are free to use my life as a vessel to use any gift, grace, or power in my... You can endue me with any gift, any grace, any power because I am your vessel, Holy Spirit, to um, minister the testimony of Jesus and here I am. And you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit the way you yielded yourself to Jesus. And that is important. You see the believers in the New Testament church receiving that. And when they did, the Holy Spirit brought to them spiritual gifts. At times they got filled. I mean, these are people that were in the world, didn't know Jesus. And the minute they received him, the power of the Spirit came on them. And the Bible says instantly they prophesied and they spoke in tongues. They didn't have to go to school to learn how to prophesy. They didn't have to go to school to learn how to speak in tongues. They, didn't, they just received it because it was by their faith. And you'll see that when you get baptized in the Spirit, that it becomes um, annoying. You walk by the Spirit. You, you have a spiritual life. You don't necessarily intellectualize everything because... You can go to Bible schools and seminaries, and they can teach you a lot of head knowledge. They can teach you things like what certain uh, what John Wesley believed. They can teach you what John Calvin believed. They can teach you about uh, what Jacob Arminius believed. But they can't they can't impart to you a spiritual understanding of the Word of God. And so, when you receive that baptism, you receive a power, you receive a spiritual understanding, and I promise you, your desires will change. Teresa. Well, but if I pray these same things, which I have been, to Jesus, it's not the same as praying to the Holy Spirit? Well, Jesus uh, said in John chapter 14, he, dis he distinguished himself from the Holy Spirit. He told you that he's leaving, but he's going to send one to you, the Holy Spirit, who's the comfort, and he will come. And he won't speak of himself, but he'll speak of me. It's not the same. He's God. He's 100% God, but the early church believed he was a, a separate entity, and he he has a different he has a different role. He's your Jesus called him the teacher. He, the Holy Spirit didn't die for you on the cross. Jesus did. Jesus died for you. So, and the reason why they your uh, uh, the Father points to Jesus is because through Jesus's work, you can be adopted into the family of God and born again and saved. But, right. But the helper, who's the one that comes along to help you with the issues in the of your flesh? That's the Holy Ghost. Who's the agency of God upon your Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for his church. He's yet to come.
He came and he's coming. Who's the one that's active upon the earth right now? It's the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's been appointed to help you. He appointed himself to help you. And he's the one that wants to, to, to help you with your areas of your flesh. So my prayers should always be directed to the Holy Spirit? I believe that the Holy Spirit helps you. But I, I pray to the Father in Jesus' name through the power of the Holy okay. Spirit. See, that's what, okay, Jude chapter 20 says, uh, build yourself up on your most holy faith. One version says, praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the one that gives you the power to pray correctly to the Father with the okay. authority that you have to, it gets, I don't want to mean to confuse you, but this is, I'm answering your question. Understand? Okay. Okay, but, uh, you know, if you if you were at my service, I'd give you one of my books. I'm not trying to sell you a book. I'd give it to you because I just want you to understand what um, the life of the Spirit is like to be back. But the best thing I can tell you, Teresa, is to read the book of Acts and look to see when people were baptized in the power of the Spirit. Okay? Okay. Sure. But, but let me pray for you tonight, okay? Yes, thank you. And you receive my prayer. Okay. Yes. Father, thank you for Teresa. She's sincere, Lord. She loves you. She has a heart for you. Right now, I pray in the name of Jesus that the power of God would come upon her, God. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus that she be full of your spirit, full of your Holy Ghost. I pray that there be a welling over in her spirit, a desire, a hunger for more of your things of God. I pray, Lord, that when the power of the Spirit come upon her, I pray she receive it. And I pray, Lord, that she would be endued with power, that she be endued with authority. I pray there be an inquenchable desire that rises up inside of her, that desires the things of God and the things of the Spirit more than the things of the earth. Father, I pray that you give unto her illumination from the word of God, that you grant unto her a spiritual mind and spiritual understanding. Father, I pray that that desires for the world, she be released from those, and I pray that there be a heavenly desire, that the carnal desires of the past life, Lord, would loose their grip off of her, God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you fill her with visions and signs and wonders and dreams concerning your son Jesus, that she would have visions of Jesus, that she would understand who he is, Father, in all his fullness and all his glory. I pray, Father, that you would loose her from any guilt of the past. I pray, Lord, that you would touch her, Lord, and bring forth the spiritual gifts that she has in her heart. I pray that the love of God that's in there, Lord, would manifest. I pray, Lord, that she would continue to be fruitful and multiply in her relationships with her family, her relationships, Father, with the people in her lives, her relationships with her brothers and sisters, nephews, whoever she has in her life. God, I pray that it would continue to be fruitful as she abounds in the power of the Spirit that she no longer rely on the arm of the flesh but she rely on the arm of the spirit and I pray every religious doubt that she has in her mind every thought that she has of doubt concerning your word and confusion I release her from that now in the name of Jesus and I give you praise for what you're doing in her life the Lord says he forgives you Teresa he no longer holds those old things that you've asked about in the past he does not hold those things against you and you be released from guilt in the name of Jesus and many times you pray prayers of repentance and you wonder if you're forgiven and the Lord wants you to know you are cleansed you are purified because of your faith in the power of Jesus' death on the cross and yes. I thank you for it the Lord says go in a new power the Lord says don't ask for forgiveness for things I've forgiven you for look forward and don't look behind in the name of Jesus praise the Lord Teresa yep. God, God bless you Teresa thank you Jesus Thank, thank you. Thank you for calling, okay? Yes, thanks. Okay. Good. 
We have William from Detroit. William, thank you for waiting, my brother. God bless you. Uh, God bless you, man of God. I thank God for you, uh, man of God. I, you're in a few preachers that are preaching on the cross. Uh, God bless you. Oh, I just want you to uh, pray for me where the Spirit leads you. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for William. I thank you for the things that he has in his life. I thank you for his heart that he has for you, God. Father, I pray that he would increase and that he would abound. Lord, there are desires and dreams that William has in his heart concerning uh, business operations and business dealings, Father. And I pray, Lord, you'd bring those things forth to fruition. You've told him many times in the past that he has power to get wealth. You've told him, Father, that he has the ability to overcome. And, Lord, there are the, the pursuits that you've given him. You've put in inside of him talents and abilities. And Father, I pray that you would increase him in those areas for the sake of your kingdom. I pray, Father, that you would enlarge his territory. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that the fire of God would stir inside of his heart. I pray, Father, that you would draw him closer to your son, Jesus. I pray, Lord, he's asked you for more power to witness. I pray, Lord, that he would be a greater witness. He'd be more effective in ministering to his family, God. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that you would consume him with your fire. He said to you many times, Father, Lord, there's got to be more. There's got to be a deeper level of your spirit. Lord, how can I tap this? And I pray in the name of Jesus that the power of the Holy Ghost would come upon him. I pray, Father, that the power of the Spirit of Christ Jesus would come over him. I pray that he would be, an, uh, the Lord said, you're going to be an inflamed witness for Jesus. I see fire all over you, speaking and preaching about Jesus. Go forth in power in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it. I pray that his ministry be fruitful. I pray that his lips be fruitful. I pray when he talks about Jesus, people would listen and everything he do be anointed. And Father, I break any curse of poverty over his life. I break it now in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray that you send forth people to help him to do those things you said that he could do. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, man of God. God bless, God bless you. you. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking about the cross. And guess what? Christmas songs. From this point forward, we're going to do Christmas songs here on my show because I can't wait to celebrate Christmas. God bless you, and we'll see you in a few minutes.
WMUZ Detroit in crystal clear digital HD at 103.5 FM and from anywhere in the world at WMUZ.com. And we are back. You're listening to The Transforming Truth with Reverend Chris Palmer. And we are live tonight, 313-838-1035, before we get into the last, top of the hour, 1 o'clock. But you know what? I don't know. I'm looking at my board operator. Is it uh, 12 or is it 1? What is it right now? I don't know what it is. But we get an extra hour of sleep. So at 1 o'clock, okay, I, <laughs> I get happy about that. I think it ends at 2 o'clock, or we switch at 2. I think we get 2 a.m. twice t- tonight. I don't know. I'm usually sleeping when that happens, and I wake up, and it is what time it is. And now, you know, the iPhone resets itself, and you don't even have to set the time. So that's a good thing. Before we get into the last few minutes of teaching tonight, I want to remind you that we have our service coming up at the Hilton Garden Inn in Novi, Michigan, November 8th. So if you're not doing anything Friday night or if you're doing something and you want to change your plans, come out. It's free. Bring your family. Bring anybody that needs a touch from the Lord and you'll be powerful. Uh, A gentleman came in last night with a cane and the power of God touched him. He walked out. He didn't need it. So um, that is the power. We are believers and we talk about life. We talk about things that have to do with life. And speaking of life, we're talking tonight about the cross. And through the cross of Jesus, we've received life. Now, let me say this tonight, that death is not attractive to people who have died at the cross. What do you mean, Brother Palmer? I'm talking about the side of you that was full of darkness and death. When you go to the cross and you you surrender that old man... That old man dies, Romans 6, 6, the Bible says that you are full of life. Uh, so, at the cross, you died to things that work death. And if a temptation is alive in your life, I just said this, you haven't died to it yet. Let me say this. I'm not attracted to things that 
have to do with death. That's why I don't wear skulls on my shirt. That's why I don't get tattoos that uh, have anything to do with death on them. Because I died unto life. I got life working in me. I'm a believer. I'm not attracted to death. I don't talk about death. I don't curse death and speak death over people's life. I'm full of life and I'm attracted to life. I'm not into celebrating death and dressing up like something that's dead. I got life working inside me. I'm a child of the living God. Well, it's just a little bit of fun, Brother Paul. Why can't we do that? I don't drink something that I don't like the taste of because it repulses me. And that's how death is. I don't, I don't like being around it. I don't like thinking about it. I'm thinking about life. I'm focused on life. Why? Because he who has life, Zoe, lives inside of me. That's all I'm thinking about. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, so I died at the cross, and I'm no longer hung up on death. It's not of interest to me. You say, well, we all die, Brother Palmer. You die unto life. You don't die unto death. When you leave this life, you're going to some place that's greater, it's bigger, it's more powerful. You're gonna, things will be heightened. You are going to a better place when you leave. Well, why don't we just leave now? Because you have an assignment to fulfill. You have a purpose to be here. You can't leave yet. God needs you to fulfill something here on the earth. But boy, I'm telling you, when the time comes, it's just going to get better and better and better. So let's celebrate life. That's why I like Christmas, because we're celebrating life. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus. That's why, I, if it was up to me, I'd play Christmas songs all year long. Not every week, but I'd play them. Didn't you hear that song, Oh Come All You Favor? Didn't you feel the power and the anointing of God behind that song? It's powerful. Go to the phones tonight. We have, is it Marion? Is this Marion? Yes, praise the Lord, uh, Pastor Chris. How um, are you tonight? I'm doing okay. Okay. But I need some prayer for God's favor. Okay. I uh, need to purchase a vehicle, and I saw one that I like, but I want them to go down on the price at least two thousand dollars. At or least two thousand. Is, is it independent? <laughs> and I just asked them for uh, God's favor because I was in a car accident and I had to. Now I have to replace my vehicle. Really? Yes. Is it an independent? Is it like a? Is it a? Is it a new car lot or is it someone that owns a car? No, it's a. Uh, it's a dealership. It's not a brand new one. It's a 2012. Oh, it's, okay. it's kind of pricey. Oh, it's okay. I just want to know whose hands the car is in right now so I can pray effectively. So you need them to come down $2,000? Or more, yes. <laughs> well, let me, let, me read to you, um, let me read to you Psalm chapter 5, verse 12, okay? Then I'm going to pray according to that. It says, okay. For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous, and that's, that's you. And it says, With favor he'll compass Hallelujah. him as with a shield. So I'm going to pray this over you. And yes, if you're Lord. listening tonight, this is a request that Marion has. I've gone car shopping yes, before, Lord. and this is a concern. It's God's concern. And God, your property is God's property, Marion. So let me pray. Father, in the name of yes, Jesus, Lord. I thank you for yes, Marion. She's Jesus. called tonight to agree. Yes, she has Lord. set her heart or desire on this vehicle. She believes it's the will of yes, God Lord. for her to have this. And, Lord, you're in 
partnership. The Lord wants you to remember, Marian, that he's your co-laborer, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9. Amen. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray according to Psalm yes. 512 that the favor of God would be upon yes. Marian's life. I pray that she would be irresistible, that the grace of God would be yes. irresistible yes. on her life. I pray that there would be, in yes. the name of Jesus, a decrease. Father, I pray you do above all that she could ask or think according to the power of God that works inside of her. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare that the price will come down at least $2,000. In the name of Jesus, I pray you bless her. I pray, Father, that you would multiply her. I pray that you would even up her income, that you would give her double for her trouble, that you would touch her, Father. And I thank you and I praise you, Lord, that all financial difficulties leave her home, leave her family, go far from her in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father, that you alleviate any financial pressure she has in her life and any misery that financial difficulty has been causing her family. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. I thank you that when she receives what she's looking for, that the Lord will say that you even have an abundance for Christmas uh, this year and you won't be in any type of need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Calling you back with a testimony. Sounds good. I can't wait for it. Amen. Be blessed. Bye-bye. People, you know, some say, well, why are you praying for financial things on the air, Brother Palmer? Well, they're important. I'm going to tell you something. There's been times where it's been tight for me. So I understand, and I get it, and that's very important to God. So if you think that that's insignificant, well, stop being religious and don't write me any emails about it either because I won't reply to you. Okay, we're talking tonight about when you have a revelation of the cross and how it's powerful in your life. And I'm talking and saying that I'm not hung up on death. When people are interested in death, then it tells me they don't have a powerful revelation of life. I got a revelation of who he is in me, and that's life. So if you haven't identified with the cross, death still works in you and things that bring death may be attractive to you. Uh, Fear, rage, murder, sexual bondage, suicide, occult practices. These are things that cannot get past the cross. They're things that you leave at the cross. There are things that when you come to the cross, you bring them there and you drop them and you leave them and Christ sets you free and you go into glory and go from glory to glory to glory and they become, those things become dim in your life in light of what Jesus did on the cross. So as a believer, you say, well, Jesus did the work on the cross. You shouldn't have fear in your life. You shouldn't have rage. You shouldn't have rebellion in your life. Those things should be getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer as your revelation of the cross gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Let me say this. A living revelation of the cross destroys the curse that you may have had on your life. A curse is an invisible hand that snatches away the blessing of God in your life. You try to do something and that curse, you can't even identify it is there and it just comes along and snatches that thing away. Well... That was what life was like before the cross. But it says in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. It says that the blessing of Abraham might come in the Gentiles, that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So, you know, you 
if there was a family curse, things your parents did, grandparents did, great-grandparents did, a lot of times people most likely do those things, but, uh, or witchcraft curses, voodoo specs, uh, spells, hexes, or this delay in your family, or maybe everybody around you always gets sick. Maybe everybody in your family had the same disease and the doctors suggest that you might get it. You, or, or there's uh, sexual curses, hyposexuality, hypersexuality, dirtiness, or even haunting in your home. When the power of God is released to you through the death at the cross, family curses die, witchcraft curses are broken, delay is broken, sickness halts, death, the spirit is broke over your life. Uh, curses, haunting, all that stuff is broken the minute that the old man dies at the cross. So, I want you this week to be mindful of the work of the cross, and not just mindful, but I want you to pray and ask the Lord to reveal it to you by the power of His Holy Spirit. And, and, and it's not just a one-time revelation. It's something that you continue to get revelation with over and over and over again. Okay, let me pray tonight. Father, I thank you for every person listening to this broadcast. I pray in the name of Jesus that the power of God would touch them where they're at. I command sicknesses, diseases to leave them. I command depression to go. I command guilt and shame. You spirit, leave in the name of Jesus. I pray every person listening that wants to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Pray in the name of Jesus that they would receive him. Say this, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Deliver me, save me. I give my heart to you, cleanse me. I trust you as my Lord now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to overflowing, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer and you meant it, you can write us, info at chrispalmerministries.com, or don't, uh, you could go and write us, uh, CPM, PO Box 403, Wall Lake, Michigan, 48390. I want to remind you, our broadcast is every Saturday night, 12.15 a.m. We'll be at the Hilton Garden Inn in Novi, Michigan, this Friday the 8th at 7.30 p.m. Bring someone with you. And also, The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation is available for you now on Amazon.com. And if you want to write to me, info at ChrisPalmerMinistries.com. God bless you. Enjoy your extra hour of sleep. And I will talk to you next week. We're out. God bless. Now that you've received the... Go deeper. Go to our website, chrispalmerministries.com, or log on to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash chrispalmerministries. Then partner with Chris financially at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. And tune in again every Saturday night at 1215 a.m. for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer on WMUZ 103.5 FM. The light.